Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. into the Lombardi line. I am Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds live from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa on a Tuesday this 29th day of June and I tell you what Wes there was a lot that went down on the 28th day of June. We might have a basketball series on our hands once again. Paul George and the Los Angeles Clippers stormed into Phoenix for game five facing elimination in the Western Conference Finals. No Kawhi, no Zubak, no problem. 116 to 102 your final and they really dominated right from the start. Los Angeles wins on the road outright as a seven-point underdog. The game goes over the total of 213, and now trailing in the series three games to two, the Clippers are headed back home to try and even this thing up, Wes, and force a game seven. Clippers were supposed to, or were really forced to go small last night with Zubac being a late scratch, so that's essentially what you saw, and the Clippers kind of started to do that in the first round where they went with that small lineup a little bit more in in that Dallas series, but Absolutely paid off last night, at least by necessity. Paul George, 41 points, 13 rebounds on 15 to 20 from the floor. Marcus Morris stepped up. We know Marcus Morris kind of been hit or miss this series because he's been injured, not been 100%. But 22 for Morris, 23 for Reggie Jackson. DeMarcus Cousins gave them a nice spark off the bench, 15 points in just 11 minutes. So that's what they're going to do a lot with Cousins, mostly against that second unit when they when they have Saric in there instead of having him go heads up with DeAndre Ayton. But it was really that small ball lineup. And you even look at some of the Clippers guards. Terrence Mann only went two of eight uh, for four points in 26 minutes last night. Patrick Beverly only gave him seven, but you got some contributions. That Cousins contribution ended up making a huge difference, but we shall see what Zubach's uh, status is going to be going forward. I'm sure they would rather have him than not, but the Clippers going to that small lineup, I think makes them a lot more lethal when you look at the, from an offensive standpoint than it does. So Zubac was out last night with that knee. Haven't heard anything about his status uh, for game six on Wednesday, but Clippers uh, against it. Got to give Paul George's credit there. 41 points in a closeout game for the Phoenix Suns on that side. So the Clippers, I thought, look, they were the better team, and I thought they really were the better team from the opening tip, despite 31 from Devin Booker. 
Really didn't get a lot out of DeAndre Ayton. We know DeAndre Ayton's been that double-double machine, and he certainly got it last night. But the numbers had been bigger for DeAndre Ayton throughout this series. So this was very much an off game for him, despite having 10 points and 11 rebounds. So we know that those props, when we look at those, because he's been going over them, they get inflated game after game. So went under last night if he played that points-rebounds combined. Yeah, you mentioned it. He had 11 rebounds, which is certainly very good. But the 10 points. I don't think that's enough out of him to get it done. You really need probably closer to 18 or 20 out of eight. And then also Chris Paul held to just eight assists. You probably need him to get to 12 or so if Phoenix is going to win a game. Yeah, you 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 would be certain of that, and and the fact that he did have 22 points, but Phoenix just looked a little bit out of sorts really from the get go, and the Clippers I thought were able to kind of push the pace a little bit more with. Uh, with the small lineup and what you really saw yesterday that because of all the injuries and whatnot, and because of obviously what we saw on Saturday night, which was a massive low scoring game that went under by, you know, 50 around 50 plus points. So everybody kind of reacts to that. I think this was two fifteen and a half and on the opener. And then you saw this get down to two eleven and a half and a half before you saw some late buyback game does go over the total two eighteen. I think it closed two thirteen, two thirteen and a half. It did get as low as two eleven, and people were still betting the under before people kind of thought, okay, maybe we're getting a little hasty. Maybe this is an overreaction to what we saw in that, you know, slog on Saturday night. So this does go over the total last night. Series price has adjusted. Phoenix still a big favorite to close this out and advance to the finals. Minus 550 on the money line for the Phoenix Suns. Plus 400 for the Los Angeles Clippers to come back and win this. For the correct score of the series, Suns in six is a slight favorite at minus 105. Suns in seven, plus 175. And the Clippers in seven is at four to one. Four Thursday night, the Clippers are currently a one-point underdog here at BetMGM. Now, it's really pick them all over the board, and even the Clippers as a one-point favorite in some shops. That'll be at Staples Center on Thursday night in Los Angeles. 215 for your total here, Wes. Uh, you talking about the total there, how it was hit to the under quite a bit. The game does go over on Monday night. Any early expectations for how this might play out game six on Thursday? Yeah, a lot of this is going to be predicated on if Zubach is going to be able to go because that's going to change the rotation around a little bit. I think the number, when you get this late in the playoffs, you're just not going to get a ton, ton of number in terms of spread variance. So it looks about right to me, pick them or maybe a minus one on the Phoenix side. I think a couple places actually still have the Clippers as one point favorite, that being Station Casinos here in town. Bet MGM on the other side with Phoenix as the one point favorite. But in terms of the total, the initial first lean that could obviously change over the next 24 hours would be the over, because I think when you get to a game that's an elimination game, like last night kind of was, and, and obviously it's still three to two, that's an elimination game for the Clippers. People are more prone, I think, to play under in that spot, but this is a spot I might look to the over, and then if it goes to the seventh game, that's where I think you get some value back on the under. You remember in game three when Chris Paul was, uh, you know, a little bit not himself he was just coming out of that COVID protocol kind of getting his legs his game legs back underneath him and of course they lost that game to the Clippers in Los Angeles and then he comes back in game four and the Suns get it done like you say a real slog it wasn't pretty but they win that ball game and then Paul George has absolutely literally a career night in game five on Monday now going back to game six, you would kind of expect that the Suns, we've seen that pattern where they're not going to throw up two duds in a row. Mm -hmm. I, 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 and, and George, is he really going to play to that level again? That's going to be hard to repeat. Yeah, I would think that it is. So, look, you're going to have to have those other guys step up yet again, kind of like you did last night with Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson. Paul George can carry a lion's share, but he can't carry it all by himself. So a couple of these other guys that didn't really step up in terms of points, like the Terrence Manns of the world, like Pat Beverly, like Nick Batum, you're going to need to see something better out of them for game six. On to the ice. It was game one of the Stanley Cup final on Monday night in Tampa, Florida, between the defending champion Lightning and and the Montreal Canadiens. Money came in on the underdog Canadiens as the money line on Tampa Bay dropped from minus 210 to minus 190 at puck drop. 
it didn't matter. The Lightning got out to a 2-0 lead. The Canadians made it 2-1 in the second period, but Tampa quickly regained control in the final frame, ended up with a convincing 5-1 win. Game goes over the total, and the Lightning with a 1-0 series lead, Wes, in the best of seven. Yeah, and one of the things that you notice, too, we talked about how the Canadians have been so good on the penalty kill in the playoffs. Remember, they held VGK to 0 of 17 yeah. in the semifinals. So far, they've given up one of three, and that's 33%, which is below Tampa Bay's percentage in the playoffs. I think they're about 37 and a half, really going through the entire playoff session here this spring. But you really saw, I think, that Tampa Bay had the energy early. They outshot them 27 to 19. In terms of the expected goals, really not a ton of variance there, but I felt that Tampa Bay just put the pressure on. And then, you know, when you get a power play goal, when you're Tampa Bay, you got to stay out of the box against these guys or they're going to put one on you. And that power play didn't come until the third period, but still that's what uh, really, I think just, they, they were put away anyway, even before that Kucherov was obviously very big two goals for Kucherov in the third period really put this game away. And when he's out there and he's healthy, they're not only lethal in the five on five, they're also lethal in the power play. So uh, the high danger chances really not that much of a different. It was eight to seven in terms of an advantage Tampa Bay. So you look at some of the metrics and it's like, well, this game maybe should have played closer than it did, but Tampa Bay, I just thought uh, got out to that good start, got the first tally, then got the second tally in the second period. Now what you see is you see the overreaction a little bit. And I do think Tampa Bay is the better team here, clearly, but you see the overreaction from the market too. Remember the first game against the Vegas Golden Knights where Montreal ended up losing four to one. It's like, oh, this is the defense that everybody's been hyping. They gave up five goals here. But then you get a little bit of the overreaction. So you're looking at, at uh, game two on Wednesday night. You're starting to see as high as plus 190 on the Montreal Canadiens at some spots. I think it's 180 here at BetMGM minus 220 for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I do think you're going to see at least a little bit of buyback on Montreal. I don't think that this is going to close higher. I think it's going to have to close lower just by process of elimination. Total at five, small juice to the over, minus 115, minus 120. That's pretty much what you're going to see throughout this series. I don't think you're ever going to see a five and a half. And if you do, it's going to be like minus 155 or minus 160 yeah, yeah. to the under. So I'd be looking to back Montreal. I got to do a little bit more investigating on this one, but I would certainly at least be looking at them on the bounce back and perhaps even in the first period to get off to a very good start. I think first period, and that's actually up right now at BetMGM, minus 185 Tampa Bay, plus 155 on the Canadiens. There's some 160 out there, some 165 as well, so obviously we recommend shopping around, but I think Montreal will bring the energy here a little bit. I think some, you know, that game one, it's kind of like, maybe the expectations and maybe just the moment got to them in game one. You saw that against the Vegas Golden Knights after they had swept Winnipeg. You know, it just kind of got to them. They're playing on a road against a loud crowd, and they got behind early and just never really could dig their way out of it. We thought Tampa Bay was maybe in a spot where you might be able to catch them sleeping just a little bit. They just had that grueling, very competitive series against the New York Islanders that went seven games, but that wasn't the case. They came out red hot, showed no signs of fatigue. You mentioned Cooper uh, Kucherov. He's obviously 100% healthy. So we thought that game one maybe was a spot where you could go with uh, the Montreal Canadiens, and apparently the market thought that as well as we saw that number plummet on the Tampa Bay Lightning as favorites, but it wasn't the case. So you're kind of making the case maybe game two is going to be the spot. And I think what you're illustrating here is maybe the price has just gotten a little overinflated here. If you look at the correct score of the series market, the Lightning in a sweep is plus 325. Lightning four games to one plus 250. That's your favorite. The Lightning in six games is four to one, and the Lightning in seven is five to one. And then, of course, uh, the prices on the Canadiens are big long shots as well. But, uh, what you know, you're kind of pointing out here that you're leaning a little bit with the Canadians in game two. As far as an exact series outcome, what do you think there? Yeah, I'm looking at either lightning in five or lightning in six. And, and those are two of the shorter prices. Actually, the sweep is plus 325. I saw some people that did like the sweep before game one at like 550 or $6, depending on your store. But... 
I do think the Canadians are going to have enough to get one game. I mean, Carey Price is going to be able to, I think, at least steal them one game. So I don't think that this is going to be a sweep in this series. And maybe game two is the game he's going to be able to steal. But long term, we know that Montreal does not have the offensive talent to really go toe-to-toe with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay just has so much depth in terms of their forwards. Their defensemen are very good scorers, not to mention very good defensemen. But I often mention that I thought Montreal had a little bit of a look of a 2012 LA Kings team. Remember that run with Jonathan Quick? As, as hot as anybody as a goaltender as I'd seen modern day in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But that Kings team, I think, did have more offensive firepower. And that's kind of what Montreal is dealing with a little bit here. And if Tampa Bay is going to be healthy, obviously Kucherov looked pretty darn healthy last night with two goals. We know that he took that cross check in game six against the Islanders. And then game seven, he did play minutes, but he didn't look quite himself. He absolutely rebounded last night. Okay, I know you have a futures ticket on the Montreal Canadiens. Were you able to do anything in the way of a hedge? Are you riding it out? I mean, it's kind of a tough hedge situation mm-hmm. when you had Tampa Bay going into game one at, you know, in the neighborhood of minus 300 for the series. Yeah, I, I did lay a little bit on the series price with Tampa Bay at minus 250 just to get at least a little something out of it. So that's pretty much what I did. And now you're seeing adjusted price as high as $7 minus 750 in the market. So, you know, obviously, you know, this is the time if you want to get in on Montreal, if you really look at what you saw last night and think they can pull an upset in a seven-game series, I I sure as heck do not. And, and, and we've mentioned that in terms of these teams that are underdogs in all three series before they get to the Stanley Cup finals and win as underdogs in all three series. Last team to ever win the Stanley Cup doing that was that 1995 New Jersey Devils mm-hmm. team who swept Detroit four games uh, in 95 with Martin Brodeur and goal. And, and they ran that neutral zone trap that everybody, that all the fans hated, that all the NHL hated, except for the New Jersey Devils fans, obviously. It brought them a cup, but they were able to win via a tactic. I don't think there's any tactic that Montreal is going to employ. Their defense will be good enough, I think, to win one game, but that's about it. Well, it eventually catches up to that underdog after they've won so many mm-hmm. in that role in a row. Water with, finds its level. So we see speak. that in the NFL, too, right? Winning outright as an underdog a couple weeks in a row usually comes back to bite you after that. How about total games? Is this a more uh, responsible market to go after rather than trying to pick the exact series price or a series winner? This seems maybe a little bit of a safer bet here total games of the series obviously you don't have to pick one team or the other just how many games is it going to go over four and a half at a heavy favorite at minus 450 over five and a half is even money under five and a half at minus 125 an interesting market indeed Wes yeah, 4-1 actually seems kind of right to me, mm-hmm. Brady. <laughs> yep. and, and that's where you see that straddle kind of as close as it is. Even money uh, on the over and then minus 125 on the under. So five games is plus 225. That's obviously the lowest on the board. But I think Tampa Bay 4-1 to one just seems right to me based on what I've seen. All right, we're going to talk some NBA basketball next. We have game four tonight between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks down in Atlanta, the second game in a row on their home court for the Atlanta Hawks. Can they even this series at two games apiece? This is the Lombardi line. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on VSIN, the sports betting network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. and this is 20 questions on deadline joining me today is Alison Bree 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The UEFA European Championship Soccer is underway. Euro 2020, a morning game here out on the West Coast from Wembley Stadium, West England and Germany. Nil-nil so far in the early action. Yeah, well, through the first 25 minutes, not quite the fireworks that we saw yesterday <laughs> in this event where we had two matches back-to-back where the favorite blew a two-goal lead. Uh, we saw that with Spain against Croatia, who eventually did win an extra time, that being Spain. And we also saw it with France and Switzerland, and the French were not as fortunate as the Spanish as a favorite. They go down in penalty kicks to the Swiss here. Mbappe misses the last kick. It was 5-4, to four, so it was all down to him to keep it going to sudden death. It was saved by the Swiss goalkeeper, and now Switzerland moves on to face Spain. So maybe maybe Federer and Nadal aren't done with each other just yet here because they will play in the quarterfinals. Uh, Switzerland and Spain, certainly their two nations on July 2nd in St. Petersburg. Current match ongoing is England against Germany. This being played at Wembley Stadium in London. No score yet through the first 26 minutes. I think that was kind of to be expected that this was going to be a very low-scoring game with not a lot of offensive chances, a lot of good defenses, maybe some parking the bus a little bit, just trying to keep control and possession of the ball. So no score as of yet. Second match this afternoon, that's going to get started around 3 Eastern, noon Pacific, and that's going to be Sweden against Ukraine, that being in Glasgow, Scotland. So the winners of the two matches today will play on July 3rd in Rome. All right, very good. Over to the Eastern Conference Finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. Game four tonight, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Milwaukee leads this series two games to one. This will be the second straight game on the home court of the Atlanta Hawks. And for your series price after that win in game three, the Bucks have uh, skyrocketed to a minus 1,600 favorite to close this series out and advance to the NBA Finals. Atlanta on the take 
back at plus 850. For game four tonight, West, the Bucks are favored on the road by six and a half with a total of 219. And unfortunately for Atlanta, Trey Young listed as questionable with that bad ankle. And you're starting to see a couple sevens in the market. I know at DraftKings, they're at seven, BetMGM still at six and a half, but they're about to start to show. I think uh, now if Trey Young goes, probably at least a little bit of a drop here, because keep in mind, not just Trey Young, but Bogdan Bogdanovich also not healthy and has not been 100%. He's really a guy that needs to be a number two, number three scoring option, especially from the perimeter, and has not been able to really do that with any consistency. Total open 221, now seen as low as 218 in the market, 219 here at BetMGM. Some of the reports I've seen is that Trey Young is looking good to at least play. Now, how effective he is going to be obviously begs the question, but... I, look, I liked what I saw out of Milwaukee there. That was a that was a tight game in the fourth quarter, and they put it away when it needed to be done. And that's kind of what you've been waiting to see with Milwaukee, because sometimes they're they're basically consistently inconsistent. Brady <laughs> is what we've seen, I think, throughout the playoffs. And finally, they just grabbed the game by the throat and they, they did, took it. Man. They, Chris and you've Middleton, been waiting right? for them to do that. Yeah, no, that that was uh, really impressive down the stretch. There kind of came out of nowhere a little bit that uh, surge by the Milwaukee Bucks in game. Three. Now, oftentimes you and I, Wes, will talk about the fallen hero theory and a team rallies around when their star is injured. Now, it looks like Trey Young's going to try and go. He is saying that, uh, you know, he's okay. But like you said, how effective is he going to be? And it seems like he is such an integral piece of that team. If he doesn't, I mean, where's that 30 points going to come from, right? Mm -hmm. No no matter Mm -hmm. how much these other players on the Atlanta Hawks rally around their hero who may be a little bit hobbled, I just don't know if they can get it done without him at 100%. And they're in a tough situation just in general, really. And look, I often say, don't have trends be your friends too much. At least keep them as acquaintances. But <laughs> there is a positive trend, I think, when you look on the Bucks side here. Home underdogs off a double-digit loss in the playoffs, 15-40 and 40 against the spread. That is not very good, and that's 27%. That's since the 2016-2017 season, so about a four- or five-season sample size there. But the Hawks are not in a positive way here. And, and now it's kind of like, okay, has water really found its level? We kind of expected that the Bucks were going to win the series maybe in five or six, and it's certainly trending that way right now. All right. Major League Baseball is up next on the program. No early games today, but we'll take a look at the afternoon slate on the Diamonds when we return right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. NBA playoffs are here and our experts are covering every angle to find the betting edges. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil's tracking all the NHL action and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops insights. Our experts and the entire VEASAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs including odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com and our daily members only best bet emails. Now's the time to cash in on the playoffs by signing up for a 10 day free trial. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Major League Baseball, the Tuesday edition. We start with the game at the top of the rotation, and that is the Miami Marlins at the Philadelphia Phillies, 4.05 Pacific, 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. Trevor Rogers against Vince Velasquez, and the Phillies return home after splitting a series over the weekend with the Mets. They had a one-off game on Monday in Cincinnati. They lost to the Reds there in a big way. I think 12-4 to was the final. A tight mm-hmm. game for a while, and then Cincinnati really broke it open late in that game. Miami goes on the road after splitting a series with the Washington Nationals over the weekend, and the Phillies were even money or better in the overnights, and I didn't really understand that as a home dog in this matchup. Now, we saw some money come in on Philadelphia immediately. Now it's kind of shifted back to Miami. There's a lot of spots where this game is basically a pick here at BetMGM. Miami back in the role of the favorite at minus 115 with a total of nine. Wins. I forget the name of the player, but the Phillies were part of kind of an absurdity of what we've seen lately in Major League Baseball. They had a position oh, yeah. player in. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, they had a position player pitching last night. As Brady mentioned, the Reds got it out of hand. Nick Castellanos with a grand slam really busted that game open for Cincinnati. But a position player was on the mound late in the game for the Phillies. I think it was in the eighth inning, and he was coming off, and he got checked for the sticky stuff. I was like, what are we doing? I I think it did with Eric Sogard as well. And I know some teams, you know, sometimes in blowouts, you don't want to bust out your bullpen here and burn them out. So you got to put it in a position player. Like, so I was thinking about like the twins who I've seen do that a couple times this year. They got this fat outfielder named Williams Estadulo who throws about 46 miles an hour up there. I'm like, I can't wait until he's in there in a blowout where they check him for the sticky, the sticky substance, whether he's uh, throwing a 46 mile an hour knuckleball basically. But anyway, I digress back to this game. Uh, yeah. Looking at this, uh, uh, the Phillies obviously hammered last night and had to go into the bullpen, but look, they put the position player to kind of save a couple arms because this obviously turned into a blowout. Trevor Rogers, one of some really good prospects for Miami, really on that pitching staff. I think that's what's kept them at least semi-competitive, despite the fact that they're 11 games under 500. They just don't have enough power at the plate. But Trevor Rogers going on the road, 208 on the ERA, but 334 on the XFIP. So you may get a little negative regression on that side. Looking at Vince Velasquez, though, the one thing that you're always concerned about with Vinny V is the walks. Yeah. The walks can be very high with this guy. He's battled that really throughout his career. So I didn't get involved in this game. Uh, where's your opinion, Brady? I did play Philly. I just think they're the better team. The record would indicate that. They're only five games back in the division. I thought they played really competitively against the NL East leader in the New York Mets. And uh, I, I think the pitching matchup certainly is a slight edge for Rodgers. I don't know if it's huge, but I thought Miami being favored as high as minus 120 on the road was mispriced. So I got the uh, Phillies at even money. And you can probably still find some of that around before this game goes to first pitch. Again, 405 Pacific, 705 Eastern time. The Giants and the Dodgers, a good battle out in the NL West between the first and second place teams. This will be the nightcap at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Kevin Gaussman against Walker Bueller. A couple Cy Young Award candidates here. Gaussman at 8-1, and one, Bueller at 7-1. and one. And the Dodgers are getting healthier and they've now won four in a row. Giants have dropped two straight. They now lead L.A. in the division by just two and a half games and the Red Hot Padres by four games. Dodgers favored here at home, Wes, and at BetMGM, the high watermark at minus 160 with a total of seven. In the game last night, the Dodgers did win with three solo shot home runs, despite the fact the Giants got 11 hits. So, look, two really good pitchers here, even though the over has been bet from seven to seven and a half. So that's a key number. Both guys have higher XFIPs by about a run and a half than they do their ERA. So I think maybe some numbers guys getting in on the overnights trying to bet this over. Kevin Gaussman has been outstanding this season, and he's one of uh, probably the standout amongst the reclamation projects on that giant staff when you look at it, because these are guys that were all cast off for the most part from other teams, and Kevin Gaussman has been absolutely outstanding. Uh, seventh among MLB starting pitchers with expected ERA. The, the Waba against him is not very high, so that's obviously good. Walker Bueller, uh, solid numbers again, but he's still not looking like the ace. He's still looking a little bit like a back-end starter for them. Strikeouts are down. The hard contact is up a little bit. Just hasn't been consistent. Hasn't been bad, but the fastball velocity obviously down a little bit. So I can see betters taking the Giants here. They're the leading team in the NOS, and it's like we're getting almost $1.40 on these guys. Mm -hmm. Sign us up. Yeah, I, I just I didn't get involved in this game, but I worry about the Dodgers as we start to see that resurgence. Max Muncy mm -hmm. back in the line. Up and yeah, because they're eventually going to rip off. You just know they're going to rip off like 10 or 12 in a row at some point here in the next month. Starting to look like the Dodgers again. And, and you still wait for that Giants regression. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. I think we have to be convinced at about the midway point of the season now on San Francisco. I know you're taking a look at the New York Mets in Atlanta to take on the Braves. It'll be, I have a feeling I know where you're going. You and I both love to bet on Charlie Morton. He'll be uh, on the hill against Mayhill for the Mets. And the Braves are a favorite. Here at BetMGM, as high as minus 170, and your total is nine. I'm going to bet on Charlie, my favorite Morton, in a different way, though. Not okay. necessarily with a straight bet. What I'm going to look at here is a team total. And if you look at the Mets, Tyler McGill is going to go as a starter. 
Obviously, he has been kind of a little bit of an opener. I think he only went four and a third inning in his lone start. That was last week. So Mets have a very good bullpen. One of I think one of the top ten in the league. But they're going to have to use it a lot tonight. So they are rested. But I don't know how long McGill is going to go in this game. And that's what concerns you about that. The Braves now all of a sudden healthy at the plate. And they're very good against right-handers. And they actually saw this guy, McGill, last week. So I think that they can get to him this time and I worry a little bit about McGill with the walks issue a young pitcher and if you walk against the Braves they got the guys like Freeman and Acuna and those guys that can drive these runs in and put up big crooked numbers in innings so where I'm going to go here is the Braves team total it's four and a half now it is juiced to the over and it's gotten a little bit of action but about 130 is what I'm seeing out there in the market I would rather play the over four and a half minus 130 on the Braves team total than necessarily lay about a dollar sixty with Morton in the spot. The Mets have lost two in a row. Good divisional matchup here. People wonder if the Mets can hang on in that division. Will we ever see the uh, the Braves show up? A lot of people had them pegged to win this division before the season started. They're four and a half games back right now. Big series on tap that gets underway tonight in Atlanta. We'll come back and join Will Hill. Our man checks in on the Lombardi line like he always does right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Try One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types. You can make One Game Parlay bets on the Stanley Cup playoffs, baseball, and your favorite soccer leagues. Log into your BetMGM account and create the parlay of your dreams. Or sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600 with the bonus code VSIN600. It's a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age 
wager older to wager. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. And 800-889-9789 in Tennessee. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. And it's that time. One of the usual suspects joins us. Will Hill stopping by on a Tuesday. You can follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. Good morning to you, Mr. Hill. And uh, I know oftentimes you're complaining or applauding the New York Yankees. And you're going to go right back to that matchup today. The Yankees are on your radar against the Los Angeles Angels. What are you doing with this one, my friend? Yeah, I'm getting off the bus again. I'm taking, I, I got the Angels. I bet them plus one and a half minus a dollar 35. I think, look, it's, we're, we're halfway through the season. This is just two mediocre teams. I think a lot of times the, the Yankees and I've, I've fallen victim to this many times. They get priced like the team we expect them to be versus the team they actually are. And that's just, you know, there's, there's an episode of Seinfeld where uh, Jerry is even Steven and, and, you know, George is down, Elaine's up, vice versa. And that, that's the Yankees. You know, they, they make you believe they win seven out of nine. Then they drop four in a row. They're just, they're an okay team. They're not great. They're not bad. They're just an okay team. I think the Angels are a similar profile here, getting plus a run and a half. Uh, I see value here on the Angels. Will is speaking of Seinfeld from a Yankees perspective, but I think if it was like Seinfeld and the boss were still running the show, Great they would point. have found a way to get Kyle Schwarber in this lineup, which Brian Cashman was not able to do because what we're seeing with Kyle Schwarber now, 15 home runs in the last 17 games. I, I think he would have fared very well on that right field porch, don't you, Brady? They would have been happy with him for sure. Yes, yes, yes they would have. So uh, Yankees still need to find some bats in that lineup. I, I liked them last Last night and took a loss at home. So I don't blame Will for being on this side, but Will, let's go to Philadelphia, Miami and the Philadelphia Phillies going at it tonight. Phillies got a little out of hand. It was a competitive game. Then Nick Castellanos put it to bed for Cincinnati with the grand slam, I believe in the bottom of the seventh. And then it was all over. And then you had Philly position players getting checked for the sticky stuff. But now Philadelphia comes back home, Trevor Rogers against Vinny V and you like Trevor Rogers here as a small favorite on the road. I do. I'm obsessed with this Marlins pitching. I wish there were futures. Obviously, there's futures for who can win the World Series this year. I think the next idea here is make a, make a futures market of who's going to win the World Series within the next three years, the next five years. If that were the case, I'd be looking at the Marlins because this pitching, it's an embarrassment of riches. Rogers, Alcantara, Lopez, all all-star caliber pitchers. And their best pitcher is probably Sixto Sanchez, who hasn't pitched all year. And they got Meyer and Cabrera down in the minors, who are elite, elite prospects. This team is just loaded with pitching. Rogers is great. He's had a great year dominant stuff uh, going up against Velasquez who puts a lot of guys on base, you know, a hard hit number uh, gets hard hit. A lot of hard hit contact uh, allows a lot of walks, which is really dangerous in that tiny little ballpark. So I'm going to take a shot here with the Marlins right around to pick them. I think this number's short. I like uh, Miami here. Yeah, I love the Marlins pitching too, Will. It's really great to watch. And you mentioned Sanchez. I mean, he's not even involved yet. Uh, it's going to only get better there for the Miami Marlins. I am oppo you here, though. I took the Philadelphia oh. Phillies as an underdog at home. I think the overall, they're just a better team. Two we men enter, one man leave. We got a oh. showdown here tonight. <laughs> you see that? Is that a, West, uh, a wrestling reference? Kind of. Okay, kind of. He's good for a few of those typically. Uh, let's go to this is an interesting cross sport parlay that you have, Will. I thought this was a pretty cool play. The Milwaukee Bucks, of course, in action tonight, game four in Atlanta, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning off of a win on Monday night in the Stanley Cup final over Montreal. They will, of course, play again on Wednesday. You've got a crossover parlay going here, my friend. Talk to me about it. My two favorite things about Vegas is obviously the betting and the buffets. And when I look at this Atlanta Hawks defense, I see it reminds me a lot of a buffet where you got Lou Williams, you got Gallinari, you got Herter, you got Trey Young. It's like, ooh, I can, you know, have a little lamb over here. I can have some king crab legs over here. Do I want them grilled or do I want them cold? There's just so many places to go uh, versus Atlanta. They're so bad on defense. It's pick your poison. You just you can't hide all these bad defenders. And I think Trey, who's probably going to be limited, he's probably going to play, but probably not going to be 100 percent. I just think Atlanta's running out of bodies. Bogdanovich is limping around. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is out. Trey Young, even with a, a healthy Trey Young, Milwaukee's the better team. I liked their game plan the other day with Milwaukee just attacking the cup. Giannis was relentless attacking the cup. 
Um, I just think it's over for Atlanta. I think these Cinderella's run out of gas. So I'm not comfortable. I see it's down to six and a half. It was seven for most of the morning. I'm just not comfortable laying a seven as much as I like Milwaukee, especially on the road. So I'll just take the juice down. I think you get this like plus 105 if you parlay it with the Lightning, who I think are, are much better than Montreal. I'm curious what you guys think. Do you guys think Montreal will get a game? I, I heard you talking earlier that uh, the sweep at plus 325 was available. To me, there's some value there. I mean, hockey's not a... Uh, not my expertise, but I, that to me looks like some value as well. Well, the only thing I really kind of like tomorrow on the Montreal side is the first period. I do think that they come out with some energy. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to make it whole for 60 minutes, so I can't really disagree with you on this parlay, and I actually think you're on the right track as I was looking to see, okay, what am I going to do with this Milwaukee-Atlanta? I like Milwaukee, but I don't want to lay seven, and you're starting to see some sevens in the market. Still mostly six and a half. So, and look, we, we, we know if Trey Young officially is going to be upgraded because it looks like he's going to go tonight. I, I don't think he's going to miss the game. The market's going to react to that and that's going to adjust downwards to like six or whatnot. So you can wait on that if you want to lay the points. But I think you're on the right track here in terms of a money line parlay. Put in Milwaukee, maybe with the baseball favorite tonight that's going to pay around even money or maybe you got to lay very small juice like, you know, a sand or two, minus 101, minus 102, where you could go with like the Milwaukee Bucks on the money line parlay with one of the baseball favorites tonight. And if you're you're looking for a fade. Brad Keller's obviously been a fade for Kansas City this season. Obviously, the market has reacted to that. That has moved big time toward the Red Sox. So you got a couple of those to choose from tonight. Either Kansas or Boston or maybe Milwaukee with Brandon Woodruff. But I think you're on the right track playing that money line parlay because these lines as we talk about Brady in the playoffs and especially as you get deeper into a series, they're so like right there. They're yeah. so tight. You're just not going to get hardly any variance to exploit. Well, let's uh, go to the hardwood, my friend. Of course, you have involved the Milwaukee Bucks in this parlay, as we mentioned. But uh, what about the other series, the Suns and the Clippers? A huge win for the Los Angeles Clippers on Monday night. And obviously, Paul George has a, a literally career night, 41 points, just an incredible performance. And Wes and I were talking about this, of course. And it just seems like throughout these playoffs and the health or lack thereof of Chris Paul, it just seems like they've never put together two duds in a row. In game three, he was coming out of COVID uh, protocol. He didn't quite have his uh, legs in game shape. And then he responded uh, with a nice performance and Phoenix wins. Then, then you have the, the Paul George game uh, on Monday night and, and Chris Paul's a little bit down. Maybe Phoenix was uh, a little bit overconfident. It just doesn't seem to me like they're going to do that twice in a row. And can Paul George do what he did twice in a row? What do you think of game six in Los Angeles? Kind of kicking myself. So I gave out five picks yesterday. My fifth pick, I hit the first four. My fifth pick was the under. I just thought with Zubak playing, going away from the small ball, that they didn't have enough spacing, enough shooting. So I thought it'd be an under game, but I really liked the Clippers going in. I, I switched and went to the under. And then Zubak's ruled out, and they go back to this small ball lineup kind of out of necessity. But I think it's the right move to play spacing, play shooting. Uh, spread the Suns out, and it, it really worked out for them. It saved their season against Utah. Now, I don't know if Zubox plays tomorrow. I just think they're better off playing small. Uh, they got a lot at the rim. They had a lot of success at the rim, um, and, which created some open threes. I get what you're saying about the Suns. They haven't played two duds in a row. Um, but, man, it, it just looks hard for them on offense a lot of times. Um, Booker hasn't looked great with the broken nose. Paul's looked rusty campaign. Not sure if he's a hundred percent. So kind of lean towards a game seven. I think another thing to look at too, if you count being down two Oh, as an elimination game, which I think you have to, because nobody's ever come down three Oh, I mean, this is what six or seven elimination games. The Clippers have faced. They've won all of them. I mean, it's kind of dangerous to go back to the well. When you look at they're down two nothing versus Dallas, uh, three, two and three, three versus Dallas down two over Utah. They faced elimination last night. I mean, eventually you're going to lose one of these games. They, their season has been on the line a number of times and they've come through. You can't really question the mental toughness, you know, I hate to say about the Clippers anymore because they've shown a lot of guts. Even as the Suns kept making runs last night, they got it down to three. The building was going crazy. I think it got it down to four in, in the fourth um, when the Suns missed the technical and then Reggie Jackson got the in and out back in three to push it back up to seven. And basically the game was over the, for there. I would lean Clippers tomorrow. I think this has been a fascinating series, but I think if they're going to play small, it's going to be hard for Phoenix. The officiating's kind of been a story in this series as well. <laughs> uh, as I was watching late last night, and this is a quote from Jeff Van Gundy of ESPN after there was a foul call and they were going to go do another review again. He goes, quote unquote, I am sick of the sissification of the game. And he 
Kareem and Mark Jackson got into it as they usually do, as they usually disagree on this broadcast. But yeah, we've seen the officiating be a story here. And to Will's point, when he talked about Zubach, when Zubach is in there, I do think that the pace is going to slow a little bit. Look, Chris Paul slows the pace anyway on the yeah. Phoenix side. But when you got the Clippers playing this small ball lineup, they can spread you out. And that's why I think it's more geared towards over. So depending on if Zubach plays tomorrow night, I would be looking for the over in game six as well. Well, we've got just about 30 seconds left here. A uh, very weak field uh, on the PGA Tour this week for the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, Michigan. Any plays for you? Any long shots? It seems like a tournament where you can go pretty deep down the board. Yeah, pretty easy course, pretty flat course. I would greatly appreciate it if Harold Varner III would win this week. I played him first-round leader uh, tournament. Great with the approach last week. I think five his last five starts, he's had four top 50 finishes. He's been in the mix is the bottom line. Approach has been good. I think that carries over week to week. So I'm sure I'll be crying Sunday that Harold Varner III has broken my heart. All right. Very good, my friend. Uh, of course, long shots will be out a little later, a little later this evening. We'll see if uh, either of us are on Harold Varner III. Thank you, as always, Will. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Be good, guys. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. See ya. Thank you. Thanks, Will. All right. That is Will Hill. Check him out on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. That's one hour in the books. We come back. We'll talk some College World Series baseball when we return right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 